This project is supported by a charitable donation from Pfizer Limited. Hello, I'm Victoria Derbyshire. I was 46 years old and getting on with my happy life. I didn't feel as though I had a care in the world. And then came breast cancer. This podcast, brought to you by the Future Dreams Breast Cancer Charity, is for those of you who've experienced a moment like that. And everyone in your life that's affected too. Your family, your friends, your work colleagues, the people who are caring for you, who hold you close, the people you lean on. It's a podcast for that moment and for what happens next. This episode is called Breast Cancer and Hair. And I have three women here who want to talk about their hair and what happened to it and how it made them feel when they were going through breast cancer treatment. And later, we're going to be joined by a woman whose father pioneered the modern day version of the cold cap. And if you don't know what a cold cap is, do not worry. We will explain all. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hi, I'm Nikki. I'm 42 years old. I'm a hairdresser and I have been for 26 years. I was diagnosed with breast cancer in March 2019. It was just after my 40th birthday. Um, It's almost two years since my diagnosis and touch wood, I'm doing okay. Hello. Hi. Hi, I'm Natasha. Um, A mum of two. I'm a school nurse. I was diagnosed with breast cancer back in November 2018. Quite ironic because for about 10 years I used to go and see ladies in the community who was also diagnosed with breast cancer. So when I got my diagnosis in the same hospital I worked in, um, like you said, life was great. It was fantastic. And along came breast cancer. The third lady in my family. So yeah, that's a synopsis of me. Hello, my name's Nicole. Uh, I work for the Scottish Ambulance Service and I have done for three years. Um, I was diagnosed in July 2019 with triple negative breast cancer, um, 20 years after losing my mum um, to the same thing. And how old were you when you diagnosed, Nicole? Um, I was 27. And triple negative, what's the significance of that? I want to I want to explain all these terms that we get used to talking about so that everybody learns something who who doesn't know much about breast breast cancer. Um, so it doesn't feed off of any other hormones. Um, so usually if you are um, diagnosed with something that feeds off of something like that, you get um, medication to help. Um, so I got chemo, which makes it easier to treat. Um, but there is a higher likelihood that will come back and it is grade three, which means it is the most more, most aggressive. Yes. And the BRCA1 gene is a, a, a gene that you inherited from your mum and it means there's a, a higher likelihood of you developing breast cancer, which indeed you have done. Yes. Welcome all of you. Thank you so much for talking to us on this podcast. Nikki, tell me a story about your hair before cancer? I've always liked my hair and I think being a hairdresser as well it's I've always taken pride in my hair and it's had to look good and when I was younger I'd say probably yeah 10 I had to have perms I wanted to look like Kylie Minogue so I had to have the real curly perms um I've always had quite long hair you mean you mean Kylie Minogue in her neighbour's face don't you oh yeah Yeah, oh yeah yeah, yeah. Charlene days yes (laughs) yes yeah yeah so I always wanted to look like her so yeah I went for the perm um my hair's naturally straight um, and just before I started treatment, my hair was down to my waist. 
I had a big heavy fringe and really long, long hair um, and I, I liked my hair. And what colour is it? Naturally, it's a dark blonde, dark, yeah, dark blonde, but it's a coppery brown colour now and it has been for quite a while. Yeah, I think, um, you know, from even being a young child, I was always doing things with my hair. Having Afro hair, there's so much that you can do. So, you know, one week I'd sort of have big, sort of big Afro and then I'd have hair extensions. And pretty much I carried that on right throughout up until my diagnosis. So, yeah, it's just the the multitude of hairstyles that I would always have. And working in a school, the children would say, oh, miss, you've changed your hair again today. And I'd be like, yeah, so... Yes, just the diversity of changing my hair. And what colour is your hair? It's now, I dare I say black, but it's got lots of grey in there. My children keep saying, oh, mum, there's another one, there's another one. I'm like, I know, I know, stop pointing them out. I can see them, thank you very much. So yeah, it's a mixture. <laughs> Nicole, tell us a story about your hair before cancer. Um, I always liked um, longer the better. <laughs> I always had um, my hair coloured. Um, I had it different colours. Just before um, I was diagnosed, um, it was bleach blonde, and I had hair extensions um, that were down to my waist. I'd actually just got the hair extensions put in two weeks before my diagnosis. Um, but um, so it was blonde when it fell out. Uh, but now it's I've just left it its natural colour, and I've got um, the extensions put back in. And what colour is it now? Um, it's, uh, I would say, a uh, light brown. A uh, light brown. Yeah. And was your, your hair was, for all of you, your hair, I mean, Nikki, you said, I liked my hair. Your hair was important to you, was it? Although you probably never thought about it, right? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, it was just, I suppose, being a hairdresser, I always felt like I had to, people looked at me, I had to have nice conditioned hair, I always had to have a nice style. Um, and... I guess it was just something I just, whenever I'd known people that had cancer as well, and I've over the years, I've sadly cut quite a lot of people's hair off pre-chemo. And I always just used to think, oh my God, if that happened to me, that would just be the worst thing ever. Um, but yeah, I just, I suppose hair's my thing and mm. I've, I like hair. I'm all for saving hair. I, I, I like hair. Yeah. I didn't know how much I liked my hair until it started to fall out. Seriously, I Me never, <laughs> I, ne- I never really thought about it. I, th- I thought I've got quite nice hair. It's thick. It's vaguely shiny. I've had highlights since I was, you know, fifteen, I think. Um, but I never really thought about it. I just did the same style every single day, and cracked on with my life. Nicole, you said me too. Go on, tell us. I was thought. I feel like I took it for granted until it wasn't there anymore. Um, because when after I was um, after my treatment and my hair started to grow in, I got my extensions put in, and it did cost a little bit of money. And I wouldn't have spent that. Um, I wouldn't have spent that on my hair before. But see now, it's like my hair's so precious now because it there was a time it wasn't there. Natasha, when you knew you were going to have chemotherapy, what did you do? When I found out I had to have chemo, it was a complete shock. Um, I tried to mentally prepare myself because my aunt, she had gone through chemotherapy. She used the um, cold cap as well, but she couldn't tolerate it very well. So I thought, right, I'm just going to go out, buy myself a wig, as I did. And I remember 
after the second round of chemo, my hair was literally just coming out. And I thought, right, I need to try and take some control of this, really. Because as you know, going through chemo, there's not a lot you can really control. And I remember saying to my brother, can you just cut my hair off for me? And he just sort of looked at me thinking, really? And I said, yeah. Um, and I remember we actually shaved it. I recorded it. I put it on my Instagram. Um, and then for probably about a week or so, you've just got this bald head and you look in the mirror and you just can't sort of identify um, with who you are. And then I started wearing hats because, I, you know, my head was freezing when I was indoors. Can and, I ask you, Natasha, though, when, yeah. when it was being shaved, what were your emotions? I felt liberated when it was being shaved because I thought, this is my hair cancer's caused this they told me if i have chemotherapy which i'm going to lose my hair all the other side effects i'm going to live and my hair's going to grow back so i felt like i had taken control of the situation because it was more painful and upsetting seeing it falling out yeah let me ask nikki and nicole did did either of you consider shaving off your hair no what you said yeah. that absolutely emphatically nikki <laughs> why <laughs> No, wait, lo losing my hair was just not an option. Um, I, when I found out I had to have chemo, I was okay with everything. And once I found out I had to have chemo, that was my first thought and my only thought. I thought, I don't care. You can take my breast. I don't care about anything, but I do not want to lose my hair. And I, I don't think it's not a vanity thing. And I think people think that, but it was just issue identity. And I just thought, no, I like my hair and it's just not an option. I, and I would I would never have been okay with losing my hair. Thank God I didn't. Um, so, so hang on, the thought of losing your hair was worse for you than the thought of losing a breast or part of your breast? Yeah, which is crazy in a way. Because no, it's not, I know because I felt exactly the same. If not crazy. <laughs> I know that people who haven't gone through it think it might be crazy and perhaps superficial and perhaps vain, as you said, because I... I know, I've heard people say, but why were you bothered about losing your hair? At least it meant you were alive. And it makes no, you like, feel like you're a stupid, vain cow. <laughs> I, I, completely, completely. And I'm fully aware hair grows. I know that. And I know, you know, you can be reconstructed. It's a lot easier for your hair to, to grow back. But I just thought, no, I just, I think I just didn't want to look like I had cancer. Ah. I just didn't want to... I, and I liked my hair and I just thought it's my identity and why should I have to lose my hair you know you have to lose you lose so much through cancer you have so much taken away from you and I just thought I'm I'd heard about the cold cap and I thought right I'm going to I'm going to give it a go okay we'll come back to that because we need to explain what the cold cap is because it sounds it's you know when you don't know what it is it sounds like this horrific torture instrument and it's not quite like that <laughs> um Nicole you had your hair, first of all, cut into a bob, and then later, your dad shaved it off. Yes. Um, I, found it the, I found that the worst part was losing my hair. Um, because obviously, I, at a young age, do you know what I mean? Um, you don't want to... It was bad enough finding out I had cancer, but like as I said, it was like I didn't want to look like definition. Of have of cancer, do you know what I mean? It's like when when people say cancer, that's what that's what the that's what people think of. It's like no hair and looking ill, and that was my worst nightmare. Um, when I was going for showers, it was coming out of my hands, and I can just remember sitting down in the shower crying because it was coming out of my hands. 
Um, and my dad knew I was struggling, so he shaved it off for me because he seen how much it was hurting. Um, every time I was going for a shower, I was getting really upset. Um, and when he was, it was just sad when he was shaving. I didn't get the liberated feeling I thought I was going to get. It's like my dad had tears in his eyes, my little sister was there, and I found it really sad because I was having to part. I just didn't find it very fair. And when you looked in the mirror afterwards, what did you see? A cancer patient. And I found that I found that very, very difficult to deal with. Mm. Whereas Natasha, when you looked in the mirror with a similarly shaved head, what did you see? I just saw that I was alive. Like I said, I was a third lady in my family. Um, my aunt had gone through it 2017. My mum had gone through it the end of 2017. I had gone through it, going through it um, 2018. And I just thought, no, I'm going to take one for the team, one for the ladies in my family. But I totally identify with what Nikki and Nicole are saying. I didn't want that cancer emaciated look that, oh my gosh, she's on chemo. Um, um, but having said that, it's so ironic, you know, Nikki, you were saying you would have rather had lost your breast than keep your hair. I would have rather had kept my taste buds and lost my hair um, because I just, that's really what I struggled with, mm. my taste buds. So, you know, and I remember my daughter when I went to chemo once and I thought, I'm not going to wrap my hair to walk out of this unit. And my daughter said to me, mum, walk proud, you're beautiful. Mm. And I thought, you know what, I'm doing this for every single lady and man who has cancer. Um, you know, I'm going to rock my bald head. And who says we can't have a bald head, whether we have cancer or not, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's how I sort of felt. I w did you come across people who said, you know, despite the fact that, and, and I know, Nikki, you kept your hair, so I suppose this is to Nicole and N Natasha, really. Did you come across people who said, you still look beautiful without yes. your hair? Mm -hmm. Did you believe them, Nicole? Um, my dad, my dad's bald, and my dad always said, I've said this so many times to people, but I told you, bald's beautiful. <laughs> and then he was, he said, well, it's like the Mitchell brothers, so we kind of got through it with humour, even though it's not funny, but you know, sometimes yeah. you won't laugh, you'll cry, do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. Mm. Absolutely. My children used to um, do more teaser pictures. I remember it was round about Easter time and they used to do Easter eggs, got pictures of Easter eggs and then put my picture next to it. So we again, we just laughed our way through it, you know. And what's um, your Instagram called, Natasha? It's Black, Bored and Beautiful. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so again. I love yeah. that. <laughs> But I think society thinks we must look a certain way as ladies. And, you know, I used to get looks from people, why have you shaved your hair? Or my mum's friends would say, why have you shaved your hair off? And I'd say, because I'm going through chemo. But I didn't have that, dare I say it, that chemo look. I just had a bald head. Um, and I think that helped a lot how I looked physically. I, I just had a bald head, really. Nobody was none the wiser. I had cancer or was going through chemo. Not that I kept it a secret. Mm. Anyway. But when you did decide to go outside as a bald woman, did people mm -hmm. stare at you? Yes. And 
I got loads of looks, even walking out of the chemo unit, Mm. you know, everybody would stare at me. But it's quite, um, what I found interesting was I found I got more looks from ladies, from black ladies. They would look at me to say, well, where's your hair? Why have you not got hair? Um, And I just sort of, you know, everybody I'd go into wherever I was and I'd say to people, right, this is why I've got no hair. But, you know, I, like I said, I was just so desperate to eat. I just wanted my taste buds. I thought the hair, well, it's secondary, you know. <laughs> I just wanted food. <laughs> I found, um, I think the biggest part of it was in my hair. I felt like it was has to repeating itself because obviously my mum had lost her hair and obviously she passed away. And I think it just made it real for me. And I was like, you know, this is what my mum went through. And then obviously look what happened to her. I, I don't think it was all with how I looked. I think it was more... Like, what's going to happen from here, if that makes sense? It really mm-hmm. does. You mean because it happened to your mum, the losing of the hair, and then she very sadly died, you thought, okay, I'm now losing my hair, This, I'm going to die. Yes, that's exactly what I thought. And because I was so young, obviously now that I'm older, I realise cancer is very complicated. But when you're young, it was, she got sick, she lost her hair, and then she died, if that mm make sense to mm. you yeah, whereas does. now that I'm older there is a lot more to it and obviously I know a lot more about it now but when you're seven it's it's you think everything a bit more simpler yeah which of you tried a wig me <laughs> yeah I tried one as well I, I bought one yeah, did sorry. you <laughs> go on <Nikki. laughs> I bought one I bought one just in case just in case and I coloured it exactly the same as my hair I cut it mm. how my hair was and it was just in case I thought I'd rather have it sitting there ready and thankfully it never had to come out of the box. Mm. I, yeah. I, go on, Nicole. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, Natasha. Um, I was going to say I used to wear wigs anyway, so I wasn't really a stranger to wigs. But um, I did wear one to my friend's wedding when I just lost my hair. And there's a picture I put on my Instagram where I'd come through the door and I've got my handbag, my pair of shoes and the wig on the floor. Um, and I actually put that on my Instagram as well, because I thought that's quite, you know, you come in, you chuck your handbag down, you chuck your shoes, chuck your wig. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I was at my friend's wedding as well. And I got, um, I, I got the wig mainly for that reason. Um, and obviously because I'd been up well I hadn't drank in a while um, so this was my first out and, and my little sister said um, I came running up to her at one point with my wig on back to front <laughs> so I basically had like a bun at my forehead <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, I mean I, I had a wig made uh, it was made of natural hair and the the reason I did it was because my job was going on TV every day and interviewing people and doing the news and you know, doing some quite serious stories. And I I, I didn't want to go on TV and be a distraction from the guests, mm-hmm. the people that I was talking to. Nor did I want to go on TV and, you know, wear a scarf or be bald because both of those mm-hmm. things I also thought would be a distraction from the stories that I was covering. Mm-hmm. So I had this incredible wig made by an, a lovely young woman called Amy. Uh, natural hair, looks really like my hair. But I just, you know, when I when I went to her and my hair was falling out and it was knotted, it was so distressing. It was so upsetting. Mm-hmm. I've and she really gently just combed through my hair with a tangle teaser, and and it all fell to the floor. And I've still got that great big ball of matted hair in a bag, in the bottom of my wardrobe, just as a as a memory of yeah. what it is and what Sad. I went through. 
um, and wore the wore the wig. It was a very very stressful day. The first day I went into work wearing a wig because I'm thinking, oh my god, my sister's going to see it for the first time. My mum, the viewers, my, my colleagues, um, no one really noticed. My mum and sister knew immediately I was wearing a wig because they're so close to me. But you know, by and large, viewers didn't. My colleagues didn't, mm -hmm. unless they were just being polite. So it kind of worked for me, and it allowed me. That was liberating. It allowed me to carry on with my normal life as well as being a cancer patient, you know. Um, what kind of reaction did you... I mean, obviously, Natasha, if you're wearing a brightly coloured, different styled wig, people know it's a wig, don't they? <laughs> uh, yes. Nikki, you never had to use it. How would you have felt if you'd had... You know, when you saw it in your in your room, what did, were you were you kind of disgusted with it or how did you feel towards it? Yeah, I never looked... I never kept it out. I just took it to work, coloured it, put it back in the box. Mm. And I just, it just upset me so much, the thought of wearing it. Mm. I just didn't want to. And I think as well, people try and make you feel better when they know you've got to have chemo. And there is this sort of big fear around chemo and you do associate it with hair loss and you get the kind of, I think the head tilt and the pity like, oh dear. Yes. And, and the worst thing anybody can say to you is it's only hair. Don't oh, worry about it. You're so the amount right. of people I wanted to punch in the face for saying that. <laughs> it, it's not just hair. It's so much more than that. And it doesn't make you feel better. It's like, well, do you know what? Take a pair of clippers and shave yours off. Because I think people wouldn't. It's it's just, yeah, I mm. wish people wouldn't say that to people because it's not, it's, it's not nice mm -hmm. and it's not what you want to hear mm. at all. Did people say that to you, Nicole? Yes, I got that. I got that quite a lot. And, you know, I knew it was just here. Like, but <laughs> it wasn't just here. Like, if anybody said to me before, like, will you shave your hair off? I would never in a million years shave my hair off. So, and when it was falling out and I did look up during chemo, like I went a funny grey colour as well. So I really had not much going for me at all. Uh, and I just wanted to feel sexy. And I, I was like, I feel as far away from sexy as can possibly be. Mm. <laughs> so let's just dig down into this in a minute um, before we introduce our next guest. Why is it not just hair? Can we just explain that to people who perhaps still don't understand? What would you say, Natasha? Um... Like the ladies have said, Nikki and Nicole, it's not just hair. I mean, we all know it's just hair, isn't it? And I think, you know, again, sort of certain cultures, um, hair is their beauty. You know, you're raised to say hair is your beauty. Um, for me, like I said, it, you know, it was a big thing, losing my hair. Of course it was. And the confidence that I lost through losing my hair. But I think once I started to walk around with a bald head and I got used to the stares and used to the looks um, and I didn't really get much pity from people around me. So that was, I think that helped as well. What did that group um, of I men say to you or do when you were in the park? Oh, yeah, they picked the wrong day because I just come out of the chemo unit that day. So I wasn't best pleased. Um, and it was a bunch of young lads. And as I walked past, you know, with my bald head and I had my sort of army jacket on and my trainers. So I was really going for it, um, walking around the park. And they said to me, bald head. And I stopped and I thought, do you take them on? I thought, no, go back and take them on. Because, again, this is for everyone who's going through this journey. And I said to them, what did you say? 
And they said, oh, was it me? It wasn't me. And I said, let me tell you why I've got a bald head. And I went through, you know, said to them, I've had cancer. I'm going through chemotherapy. And they, I actually felt quite sorry for them after. Um, and their whole attitude changed. So I think it's just about educating. And that's why I'm so um, thankful to be part of this podcast as well, because it is just about educating people. And like Nikki said, you know, people do say things, oh, it's just hair and they do the head tilt and, you know, but you've got to understand as much as we've all had a diagnosis of breast cancer, each journey is so individual. Um, there are no two journeys that are the same. We can certainly relate and identify, but the journeys are just so individual yeah. to each person. Nikki, why is it not just hair? You touched on identity earlier. Let's dig into it. Explain why it's not just hair. Well, I think, yeah, it is your identity. I mean, I always look at people's hair anyway, and I think that because of my job. But I think a lot of people do. It's it's like your crown. You know, we hide behind our hair. And it, I just think it says a lot about us. We can express ourselves with our hair. And it's just, it's just there. It, mm. It's just, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Nicole, what would you say? I would say it's, it, it completes somebody. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not like I know that for boys, obviously, they would maybe shave their hair and that. But I felt like I was never going to look beautiful again. Um, not that I've, I'm not saying I look beautiful, but do you know what I mean? I just I felt do. like I was never going to find a man. I was like, I was always going to look like this. I just and it just uh, that was what made me feel the worst was the fact that I didn't have any hair. Mm. Um, and people do speak to you a wee bit different. I, like folk were lovely folk were absolutely lovely nobody was horrible to me but it was the pity and I just felt like I didn't if somebody was if somebody was too nice to me it made me upset same do you know what I mean totally. sometimes I just needed to be treated treated the exact same but mm. it's just it's just um, normal for people to speak to you a wee bit different when they know you've got cancer yeah you're so right when people are kind to you you end up crying so I, I used to yes. say can you please be horrible because I don't want to cry I'm at work or whatever you know um, you said can I just yeah go on, go on sorry can I just add something to that yeah. I just I think as well with the way you feel about your hair you know if you're having a if you feel ill and there's nothing better than having a bath washing your hair and it makes you feel good and I think if you're going out and you could have a million pounds worth of diamonds on an amazing dress but if your hair doesn't feel if your hair's not right you don't feel right and I think we all feel that if you have a bad haircut a bad hair colour. We all have bad hair days, but it's amazing. I think having good hair and feeling good about yourself like that, how it can uplift you. And I think that's for me as well. It was just sort of, you know, people used to say to me, oh, it's only, it's probably because you're a hairdresser you're worried about losing your hair. And it's like, it's got nothing to do with that. Mm. It's me and it's, yeah, I don't, you're going to feel bad enough going through cancer. And if I can keep my hair and keep some normality to me, then that's for me why it was really important. Yeah. Whether you are back at work, travelling or planning your wardrobe for a special occasion take time to express yourself through your clothes None of us want to be stereotyped We are all individuals and the designers at Marina Rinaldi create collections that can help you step away from the everyday to the new you Okay, well, let's talk more about the cold cap and explain what it is. I want to introduce Claire Paxman, who is the daughter 
of a man who developed the modern-day version, effectively, of the cold cap. And Paxman are now the global leaders in refrigerated scalp cooling, to use its official title. Claire, hello, welcome. Hello. Hi. Thank you very much much for having me. Not at uh, all. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Right, let's, let's describe what the cold cap is, Claire. Absolutely. So um, the cold cap, so the Paxman system is a, basically a small refrigerated unit um, which sit, sits at the side of your chemotherapy infusion chair and it pumps a special liquid coolant uh, into a cap and back again. So what it's doing is it's um, cooling the scalp to protect those hair follicles. The system itself is just like a, the size of a bedside table, um, but then the cap itself is a, a silicon cap. Um, it looks the, so we've got a couple of different um, models out there from depending on whether places have got the latest one. Um, but yeah, it's kind of it's tubes with a with a coolant going through it, and then you've got um, a neoprene cap cover uh, which is there too and it's got a chin strap and other straps um, that you wear to ensure that your scalp gets as cold as possible. And for me it felt like putting on a jockey's cap it was that (laughs) similar sort of tightness Uh, or or a swimming cap you know when you get used to have swimming lessons at school and and in the baths you always had to pull on that tight swimming cap it was a bit like that. How does it work Claire? So it works by, so chemotherapy um, basically works by targeting all rapidly dividing cells in the body. And the problem is, is the chemotherapy cannot differentiate between the nasty cancerous cell and the the good healthy cells. Now your hair is the second fastest dividing cell in the body. So 90% of the time it's in its active growth phase, which is its antigen phase. So what scalp cooling does and how it works is there's a number of different mechanisms. So by cooling the scalp to a temperature of 18 to 22 degrees, by the way, so there's a common misconception that you're freezing your head and you're freezing those hair follicles. We're not doing that. Now, with the this coolant that um, it goes through the cap is at a sub-zero temperature, but the temperature of your head um, for it to be as effective as possible mm. is down to 18 to 22 <laughs> degrees. What happens then is vasoconstriction. <laughs> so uh, it limits the blood flow down to at least 20 to 40%. So less chemotherapeutic drug is actually getting to that hair follicle. <laughs> okay. Nikki, how cold is the cold cap when it's on your head? I was telling everyone it was about minus 10. And then when I heard you say on a podcast and I heard you say it was 18 degrees, I thought, oh, but it does feel, it is really, really cold. But it's absolutely freezing. I had, when I, when I, the first time I took it off, I had, I am not joking, I had icicles on my hair. Seriously. It was freezing. It is, yeah, it was (laughs) bloody cold. (laughs) <laughs> we're sorry about that you know we, oh we, listen we, I'm not I'm not really criticising you I know I know, I'm not, I know because, we... because for Nikki it worked <laughs> it didn't work for me it worked for Nikki and we'll talk about why it works for some and not others go on yeah. Nikki talk, talk us through your experience of it yeah it was really cold um, but I think it was that first sort of 10-15 minutes and then it kind of it, you got used to it and the first time I put the cap on I had I had it on, I think for about three hours, I was lucky. I had dosy, or say lucky. I've never, I hate saying lucky mm. with cancer, but I had dosy taxol. So it only had to stay on for half an hour 
afterwards, which That's was a, good. So it was on for, is the name of one of the, the chemo yeah, drugs. Sorry. That are in them, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so it was right. half, yeah, half an hour previous, an hour and a half on, and then half an hour afterwards. Um, and yeah, the first time, by the end of the, the two and a half, three hours, I felt sick, my teeth hurt, I felt like my face had frozen. But the next time I just, and I felt a bit sick, but then the next time, half an hour before I put the cap on, I took a paracetamol, anti-sickness tablet, and I was fine. Mm. Yes, it was cold, but you get used to it. And I would have sat there and been sick for three hours. If it meant I kept my hair, I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> and I know that sounds crazy, but I just didn't care. It just, it, it worked. Um, I think. The, Did you lose any hair then? I lost a little bit. Um, and I do think that was from a bad fit. And a couple of days after my second chemo, I washed my hair and I combed it and I had the biggest shed and I was just like, oh my God. Um, but I, I believe that that is quite normal. Mm. Can I just bring in Nicole? Nicole, you made an active decision. You also did your research and you made an active decision not to wear the cold cap. Why? Yeah, um, well, two reasons really. The first reason was because um, it was going to delay my time in hospital and I heard it was uncomfortable and things and I got two different types of chemo and they, they are known to make you very unwell. So I didn't want to be in, sitting in hospital with something cold in my head longer than what I had to. Mm. And secondly, there was no guarantee it was going to work. And I think my dad was worried about if I got my hopes up and was hoping this was going to work, it was going to, if, and if it ended up not working, it was going to make me feel worse. Um, so that's the reason I decided just to, just to not try it. Natasha, why didn't you bother? Could very you... much, sorry, very much for the same reasons as Nicole. There was no guarantees it was going to work. And I thought having the chemo put through, you feel awful anyway. So I didn't want something cold on my head making me feel slightly worse um and also it didn't work for my aunt so I just thought well I just won't give it a go really Claire um, why does it work for some women like Nikki but not for others like me so um it's a mixture of of reasons as to why it might not work obviously everything's not not a guarantee mm -hmm. um but some of the main things are the drugs um, so we do see because there are different groups of, of chemotherapy drugs. So you have th uh, drugs uh, in the category of anthracyclines. So that's your epirubicin, so your EC, your AC, those, those kind of doxyrubicin. Those are the kinds of drugs that are in the anthracycline bracket. You then have your taxanes, which is your docetaxel, your pacliotaxel. Now, they, they target that, that cancer um, uh, tumour in different ways. So that's the same with your hair follicle. So with a lot of the research that we've carried out, um, this is where and what we are continuing to do um, to try and improve the efficacy so it works for everybody um, is to really understand that with the hair follicle. So it could it's it's the drug. Um, it could also be um, the cap fitting mm. as well, as as Nikki alluded to. The cap fitting is a crucial element to the to the, how effective it is because it's so important that we try and evenly cool that scalp as, so how as should as it be can. how should it be fitted what's the correct way for it to yeah, be on your so head so what you need to do is be ensure that there's a good all over contact um, of the head there shouldn't be any gaps any bubbles or anything like that the cap cover itself as well is an integral part to that cap so that cap cover should be on nice and smooth um, with pretend, you know no bubbles or anything like that uh, on the actual cap itself they are there's different ways of, of how you fit the cap um, which make it as easy as possible 
you know, it, it means the world to us. I cut my mum's own hair off when I was 14. You know, our business is, comes from my mum. Comes, You know, I lost my mum 20 years ago, like, like you, Nicole. And hearing you talk about your experience with your dad shaving your hair off, I did that. I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional now, please, but I did that. Please don't apologise. Tell us, tell us. At 14 years old, I stood in the bathroom and cut my mum's beautiful, naturally curly hair off, which is, you can't see me, you guys can, but it's just like mine. And that's the driver because we've had that personal experience. So everything we do at Paxman is from the heart. And that's why I've dedicated my my life and my family have and our whole team have dedicated to you know to helping people and we know everybody's different and and you ladies Nicole Natasha it's amazing hearing your stories and and your empowerment as well is wonderful um but we just want to make it as as you know as, as comfortable and as, yeah. better, and as effective as possible so th- those are the main reasons why it doesn't work for some and not the others they're going to get me emotional. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. Do have you come across women, Claire, who refuse chemotherapy, potentially life-saving treatment, as we know, because they don't want to lose their hair? Yeah, um, we do, and we there is actually studies that have looked at this as well. There's lots of studies about the psychosocial element of hair loss, um, but also looking at this, and there is a shocking statistic that 10% of people will refuse or request a less efficacious treatment in order to keep the hair. Wow. So that in itself shows, you know, how powerful it is mm-hmm. um, to, you know, to some to some people. So. And we should say that not all chemo causes hair loss, but I, I'm guessing you hope Correct. that we will get to a point one day where no cancer drugs cause hair loss. Absolutely. That would be, you know, the the dream is that, you know, all the debilitating side effects that you get from from chemotherapy, whether it be hair loss, peripheral neuropathy, loss of taste, Natasha, all of those things would be um, would be wonderful. One of the most extraordinary things when I'd finished chemotherapy, literally after my last session and I had six rounds of it, my hair started growing back immediately. And I, and that made me feel so optimistic. Nicole, you're smiling. Tell me how quickly did your hair grow back? Um, my hair started to grow back before I'd finished my chemo, actually. Wow. Um, yeah, I started to get the wee spikes. And do you know that way? I was like, is it? Or am I, do you know what way? I was like, is it, is it actually spikes? Or is it my imagination? But no, it was. <laughs> it was wee spikes. It was coming through. Um, I called them my little soldiers because they stood to attention. <laughs> 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 um, so, uh, yes. And I think that's when I realised, you know what? Like, it's coming back. Because, uh, do you know... I don't know about you guys, but I Google things and there's like, oh, there is a chance your hair might not come back. And I was like, oh, heavens, I'll be that small minority. But um, when it started to come back, it just made me feel so much better. What about you, Natasha? How quickly? Mine came back about cycle five. Um, I Out sort of, of how many cycles? I had 12 cycles in okay. total. Wow. Um, and I nicknamed 
we nicknamed it Peach Fuzz um, because it's, <laughs> it started to come back and it was all grey and I looked like a little old man down the park and it was literally grey and I thought oh my days I hope it goes back to my original colour um, but I just always also wanted to highlight when um, there's a lot of talk around chemo curls when hair grows back you get chemo curls and it's an interesting concept really because afro hair is curly anyway mm. so it it does grow back as it was before but it grows back at such a softer texture well, it was like mine uh, was a bit like baby hair to start with yeah, yeah. I had a little baby brush yeah yeah <laughs> baby hair yeah. and a few gray a few gray bits in it and again that sort of curliness but then as it got longer the curls dropped out what and about- that's that's because as well, because when the chemotherapy totally kills that hair follicle, the cells, the DNA of that cell changes. So therefore it grows, it, it, the DNA um, components of it make it slightly different. So that's why some people it grows back with curls or with grey, mm-hmm. but then eventually it readjusts itself back to what it was before. So I've got a little patch at the back which is still sort of that baby texture which I love mm. but it's only at the back I've yeah. got that little and the greys <laughs> what about you mine is so curly it, sorry I'm, is it yeah this is straight and again my hair's still like proper proper curly yeah I never had curly hair before but it's very very curly oh wow thank goodness for straighteners because <laughs> I've got my extensions in it. <laughs> what about you Nikki how quickly did it grow back well it started growing back during treatment I mean I didn't I don't want people to think that I didn't lose any hair I probably I would say lost about 25% of my hair mm. but I mean we have on average I think about a million hair follicles so you don't realize as well sometimes how thick your hair is and on average you lose 100 to 150 hairs a day anyway but I think when you're aware of it and you see it and you know my hair did shed it went through cycles and it, I, I cut it into a bob it was up to my jaw so I could see it and I'd always have bits of hair hanging um but it never looked, there was a patch on the top, um, you can see where it's kind of growing back. It never looked like a patch, but it's it has come back curly. So I would say to anybody now, try it. You know, it's. It, I think it is so important to a lot of people and I would give it a try. There's so much help out there. There's so much research. I've Since I've been diagnosed, I have actually and use a cold cap. I have spoke to, I think, five different women through friends of friends or friends of my clients that have said, oh, my friend's starting chemotherapy. She's got breast cancer. She's terrified of losing her hair. Can you talk to her about the cold cap? I'm like, of course. And all five of those women have maintained their hair. And I think, like Claire's right, it's in the fit and it's your aftercare. If you look after your hair and you treat it right, I mean, I probably was a bit obsessive and neurotic with my hair, but it's, it was. I think it was a focus as well. I kind of lived through my treatment, hair wash to hair wash, and that got me through it. And I would just say to anybody, I think for my own physical and mental well-being, it it helped and it got through my treatment. So I would say to anyone, just give it a try. It's it clearly works, but it just needs people just need to be educated on it more. I think there needs to be more out there about it, and people to not have that myth that oh, it, it, it's it's cold. It's you won't like it. Give it a go. It's, the coldness think, is for, not a myth. It is true. <laughs> oh, no, but you know what I mean? Like, it's, you're, you know, you've got to freeze to death. You won't like it. I yeah, think people, fair just, people are just a bit wary of it. And you just think, actually, just give it a go. If you don't like it, fine. But I... Let me ask Natasha then, what would your advice be to someone who is about to embark on chemo right now and isn't sure how to cope with what might happen to their hair? 
Um, again, I think it just depends, first of all, how they feel um, about their hair. Because, you know, as Nikki was saying, everybody feels differently. And I now having heard Nikki's experience, I would definitely, if somebody wants to try and save their hair, I'd definitely recommend um, that they try and use the cold cap as well. Because it clearly does work. Like I say, for me... It can it, work. I, it can work. Yeah, it, it didn't absolutely. really work for me, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so, no, I would recommend that. And I think it's just taking it day by day because we all feel differently about our hair. Our hair represents different things for, you know, us ladies here and for other ladies as well. So I think it's just about doing what that person feels is right for them. Um, you know, doing the right thing for them, really, what they want to do. Um, but I'd certainly recommend it. Nicole, what would, you, what would your advice be? Do that. So I get my bone treatment every six six months, um, and so I was there this morning, and I was speaking to a wee lady. She was seventy, and she'd just been diagnosed with ovarian cancer, and it was her second chemo. And she was speaking about her hair, and she said it was the most difficult thing was her hair. And she was like, I can't imagine what it'd be like for you because you're so young. And she was saying it was like difficult to explain to her granddaughters and things. Um, so she was asking me what I did. And I said, well, I ended up shaving it off. Um, and she had, a, she, had a, she had a cute wee, like, you know, you get the wee, the wee hats. Mm. It's like, because um, I had a few, we had, um, we'd got a few from a, a, cha- a local charity that um, gives you some when you're losing your hair. Um, and, you know, it just made her feel so much better speaking to someone that knew what she was going through, um, whereas because especially with lockdown just now as well, like they're going to be speaking to people, um, they're going to be speaking uh, like their family and things, um, who don't probably. Like, I'm not saying they don't understand, but it's, it's not some. I think until you're in that position, you don't fully understand just how bad it is. Um, so after having a wee chat with her, I think she's she's she seemed a bit better. So it was nice to make a wee difference. Oh, <laughs> well done, Nicole. Well done. Thank you. And thank you, all of you. I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you for your insight and for being so open. Nicole, Natasha, Nikki and Claire, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) And you can get in touch with me at any time if you want us to talk about something specifically on And Then Came Breast Cancer. I'm at Vic Derbyshire on Instagram and Twitter. And for more information and support for anything to do with breast cancer, please do go to the Future Dreams website. And then came Breast Cancer is a six foot six and Factory Originals production. Future Dreams Breast Cancer Charity hopes you found this podcast helpful. We fund awareness, support and research. If you would like to help us do more, please text We Care to 7500 to make a £5 donation or visit our website at futuredreams.org.uk forward slash donate. Future Dreams Breast Cancer Charity will receive 100% of your donation. Text cost your donation plus one standard rate text message, UK only. Always get the bill payers' permission. We would like to contact you on your mobile phone with news and updates. If you would rather opt out, then please add no info to the end of your message. For example, we care, no info. Thank you again for listening.